We're excited to have you back with us. I'm Mika Gotaman. I'm one of the producers here of Saving Grace. I just wanted to take a moment to give you an update here on Carmen Pate, our wonderful host. Um, she is recovering now from her recent bone marrow transplant. Things are looking very good from the early reports that we're getting. Thank you to all of you who have been keeping her in your prayers. And we would love for you to continue to do so together with us. Now, we have a treat for you guys. Uh, while Carmen is resting and recovering here, we've asked Catherine Barner, one of our students here at the seminary, uh, who you heard from in a recent podcast episode, uh, to come on here as a, as a stand-in host and fill in for Carmen. And uh, much better than, than me or someone else jumping on here and trying to fill the host seat, uh, Catherine has, has experience with, with radio broadcasting, and she is just a treat to talk to and hear from. And we know she's going to bring a great perspective to these conversations. So we're excited to let you hear from her on the, these next few episodes. So I'm happy to introduce Catherine Barnett. This is Saving Grace, Living in Light of God's Love, a podcast ministry brought to you by Grace School of Theology, a seminary to the world committed to the truth of scripture and life application through the lens of grace. Hello, and welcome to Saving Grace, Living in Light of God's Love. I'm Katherine Barner, and I'm honored to be serving as guest host today. I'm excited to talk with Dr. Ezekiel Serrato, undergraduate dean and professor of systematic theology here at Grace School of Theology. In today's episode, we're talking about taking hermeneutics to the world, why it's important, and in what ways it makes a difference. Dr. Serrato, thanks for being here today. Katherine, thank you. Thank you All for right. having me here. Yes. Well, let's jump right in, Dr. Serrato. So Gray School of Theology is a seminary that's working really hard to equip people literally all over the world to have a better understanding of proper hermeneutics. And as a dean here, you play an integral part in making that a reality. So share with us what hermeneutics is and then why it's important. What is hermeneutics? Well, hermeneutics is basically the science and art of interpretation. Mm -hmm. When we talk about Biblical hermeneutics, we're talking about the science and art of biblical interpretation. Why is it important? The author of Hebrews in chapter 1 says that God has spoken. In mm. fact, he repeats that twice. God has spoken. And as Bernard Rams in one of his classical books on Protestant interpretation, he says, God has spoken, but what has he said? Mm. When we think of, of uh, God speaking, that takes us to the realm of theology. We dare not speak anything about God that God has not spoken first. Wow. Uh, divine revelation is the very foundation of our doctrine, of our theology. Yet, it's very closely related to hermeneutics. Mm -hmm. what, God, what has God said? Uh, so hermeneutics is basically the foundation of theology. And uh, a good hermeneutics will deliver a good biblical theology. Right. If we interpret properly the Word of God, we will have a correct, solid biblical doctrine, orthodoxy, mm -hmm. and also have a good, solid, uh, practical way of living, orthopraxis. Got it. So so what I hear you saying is when we're, when we're talking about hermeneutics, it's taking God's Word at His Word. And seeing, seeing just what, what God has said, and that's it. Not putting anything on it, not taking anything from it, but operating on what God has said. Correct. And, and also we have to think about, I mean, it is God himself who has set the bar. Mm -hmm. It's a high standard for us who 
speak. As Peter said, if anyone speak, mm -hmm. this is a standard, let him speak according to the oracle of God. Right. I mean, what could be higher than that? Right. So we want to train men and women that are able to expound on the word of God. Wow. That's, and I think you're right. It, that is so important. And so looking at some of the the tools, we'll say, or the techniques, as you mentioned, and how we do that. So looking at language and text and context and culture and all of those things to help us, as you said, properly expound on God's word. Mm -hmm. Okay. That's correct. Wow. And so, but it seems like, Dr. Serrato, that it that that can be a lot of work, particularly when we talk about training people around the world in hermeneutics. So in some ways, wouldn't it be easier if we just had missionaries to, to go around the world or to just give people Bibles? Well, when we send missionaries, we, we sh send them to the mission field. Mm -hmm. But think of it this way. Our students are already in the mission field. Mm -hmm. We don't have to send them. So as we train them within the mission field, I mean... Uh, we're training them to minister there where the gospel is needed, you know, where the church needs to be uh, established, uh, grounded on the truth. So why not? Why wow. not? Is it work? Yes, it is work. Mm -hmm. But God is using grace uh, to be able to go to the mission field, go out to the world and train men and women that can minister within their own historical context right. and culture. Right. So I, I'm, I see it as multiplication is what's running around in my head. And so Grace goes out and trains people in a particular area, and then they train more people in that area. Grace comes back, and so then we go to it, another area of the world uh, and train people there. And so it, it's continuing to multiply teachers who are adequately trained to share God's Word and to teach God's Word correctly. Correct. Okay. Correct. Wow. And, and what are some things that, as you see grace growing and moving, and as you've had an opportunity to go into some of the, into other countries and, and teach hermeneutics in particular, and again, teaching the proper way to study God's word, what are some of the benefits that you see to a local community as there, as people are learning to really dig deeper into God's word? Well, one of the, th the effects that uh, the Word of God has in anyone who begins to study it deeply, especially the believer, and uh, let's talk about the believer, is, I mean, change. Mm. The Word of God not only has the intention of informing us, but mm -hmm. actually transforming yeah. us. So I see a transformation in the life of, of the student who's studying the Word of God, yet at the same time, I see the impact that he has in his environment, mm. in the community. You know, so um, essentially, I would say that uh, the effects that the Word of God has on the person is basically those that I see in the past, having, for example, in the great reformer Martin Luther mm. in the castle of Wittenberg, he was there just praying God, Luther, and the Word, wow. the Bible, the Word of God. And that Word affected him so much, transformed his life, that then when he was before Charles V uh, in the Diet of Worms, being told to recant from all that he had mm. said, he says, I will not. My mind is captivated to the Word of God, and uh, here I stand. You wow. Know? And I think that uh, people that uh, study the Word of God 
become captivated by his, word, by his word, and they start what Martin Luther started, a reformation. And that's what we need in our churches today. Absolutely. Going back to the word. So let me ask you this, Dr. Serrato, how, how do we, because we're talking in the context of believers teaching, uh, teaching them proper hermeneutics, but how do we get unbelievers, how do we draw unbelievers to want to study God's word, to study hermeneutics, or to even see the need for it? Well, I believe that as we expound the word and nothing but the word, mm. I believe that the Spirit, which inspired the Word, mm -hmm. works with His Word and uh, convinces, persuades. And I believe that this is a work that the Holy Spirit can do and not mm. anyone, any, any teacher, any preacher. But uh, I think, again, as we are faithful in, in expounding the Word of God, the Word of God itself does not come back without doing a work yeah. in the hearts of men. And, and uh, I think that the word will uh, affect the lives of the hearers and, and it will do whatever work it needs to be, mm -hmm. needs to be done. Mm -hmm. Wow. And so I, what's ringing in my ears, you're saying that is, you know, God's word does not return to him void. Mm -hmm. And so if we're doing the work of teaching, teaching believers to to share God's word and teaching them proper hermeneutics, then the unbeliever will hear that and be drawn to God is what I think I'm hearing correct, you say. Correct, correct. Yeah. I mean, if there's anything that's going to convince the unbeliever, mm -hmm. it's, it is truth. Yeah. It's the truth. Mm -hmm. It's the truth that sets free. And that's what we deliver. Wow. We deliver the truth. Exactly. And God, through the truth, changes the hearts of, and minds of men. Mm -hmm. That's the only way that our church will really grow, you know. Right. And, I mean, that's the type of growth that we're expecting. Mm -hmm. Lives that are being transformed. But mm -hmm. they're being transformed because the word of God, the word of truth is mm -hmm. being uh, presented. Yeah. And you keep using that word truth. And I think that's so important as we're talking about teaching proper hermeneutics, the teaching the truth of God's word. Um, I, so oftentimes I believe that we want to, and it happens a lot, we take things out of context. Mm -hmm. So as we're talking about proper hermeneutics and teaching in context of what God's word says, I think truth is, that's such an important word there um, that we, we make sure that it is what God has said as opposed to what we may want it to say or putting something else on it or taking something off of it, but it is simply the truth of what he has said in his word. That's, that's how Paul understood yes. the word. In fact, when he wrote to Timothy mm -hmm. in 2 Timothy 2, yeah. 15, be diligent to present yourself approved unto God, a worker who does not need to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Yes. That's what we have. Yeah. That's what God has placed in our shoulders the mm -hmm. responsibility to mm -hmm. expound nothing but the word of truth. Yeah. Truth cannot be changed, cannot be modified. Exactly. That's that's good, Dr. Serrato. So let me let me ask you this. When when we're working with with people from from so many different cultures, because here at Grace, obviously, we have teaching sites in Honduras, in the Philippines, in Nepal, in Panama, in Mexico. We are literally going everywhere, uh, and in Spain. So, when we're working with people in so many different cultures, it seems like it it could be difficult to bring them all the same training 
on how to study the Bible. So how do you overcome some of the cultural challenges that seem that they seem like they may be there? Well, the science is the science. I mm-hmm. mean, truth is truth, mm-hmm. and you don't change that, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, principles, the, the methods are pretty standard. Uh, these should be taught to any student from any culture, any mm-hmm. part of the world. What changes is the application of those truths of those principles, you know. Okay. Interpretation is one, applications are many. Mm-hmm. So um, uh, I think that uh, Grace is doing the, the right thing, not only in, in going to the world and teaching, uh, in this case, hermeneutics, but it's teaching it in the world's language, for example, in this in Latin America, mm-hmm. we're going in the Spanish language right. and teaching. I just came from uh, uh, Kazakhstan, where I taught a course in the Kazakh language. Obviously, I don't speak, right. but, <laughs> but I had a translator, and also Dr. Wall taught in the uh, to the Georgians. Mm. You know, so I mean, uh, it is a challenge to go to the world because we have to deliver. Uh, our teachings uh, in the language uh, of those people. Mm-hmm. Yet, when we talk about the subject matter, uh, basically it's the same. It doesn't change. The basic principles and rules of hermeneutics mm-hmm. are pretty much universal. Wow. And so you mentioned a, a two words in there that I know are key in hermeneutics. You talked about interpretation and application. Mm-hmm. And so if we back up a, a step further, there's obviously the observation piece of that. Mm-hmm. And so when we're teaching that uh, to, as you mentioned, in different languages, um, obviously you're right. The, the observation doesn't change. The interpretation doesn't change. It, it just is what it is. Can you give us an example or two maybe of how the application may change in a particular culture, say you mentioned um, Kazakhstan and uh, and being in other countries, how how the application of a scripture may change in a certain culture. Well, um, for example, I might think of First Corinthians chapter A, where where Paul addresses uh, food sacrificed to idols mm. and the weak brother being disturbed by the mature brother mm-hmm. that is eating. Mm-hmm. For him, it is wrong to, to, to do that. And Paul saying, well, please understand, knowledge puffs up, yeah. but love always edifies. And the principle that he's going to state in that whole chapter is the principle of love. Of love, yeah. Uh, edifies. Love always edifies. Edifies who? Mm-hmm. Not so much you, but your brother. Right. Love makes us think not on ourselves, but on the other. Mm-hmm our weaker brother in this case. Mm -hmm. So I will not do anything, even though it's my right and I have the liberty to do it, Mm. I will not do anything that will be a stumbling block to my brother. That is living under the principle of love. So in their immediate context, uh, Paul says, I will not eat meat, Mm -hmm. uh, for I will not be a stumbling block to my brother. Mm -hmm. That's the way he would apply that principle in his setting. Now, in the Kazakh maybe uh, culture, uh, they have no, pro- no problem of the me issue. Mm-hmm. But there's other ways in which uh, the principle of love, which is the normative principle that needs to be applied by all Christians in all times, in all cultures, right. uh, could be applied. You know, maybe be abstaining not from uh, meat, but maybe abstaining from alcohol or right. any other thing. 
Right. I like that. And I think and I think even here in the United States, that's a big one. You know, when we, if we talk about alcohol, and I think you're mm-hmm. right, it comes down to, in that particular passage, it's about love and accepting one another as because God has accepted us um, and, and, and the foundation being the love and not causing our weaker brother to stumble. Right. Yeah. The principle of love can... Uh, uh, compels us mm-hmm. to act that way, right. even though it's our right. Exactly. Even though it's our liberty that we right. have in Christ. Right. You know, not because we eat or not eat, are mm-hmm. we more holy? Yeah. The holiness has nothing to do with mm-hmm. what you eat. Or not. But, but the principle of love says, hey, always, whatever you do, whatever you mm-hmm. say, mm-hmm. think on edifying your brother. Your brother, yeah. Mm-hmm. And that freedom and liberty that you talk about, it's, yeah, I think sometimes we see that freedom as just a, a, a carte blanche or a ticket to do whatever we want, when in actuality, it's, it's freedom to obey God's word. Right. And so uh, I like that you, you brought that out there. Let me ask you this too, Dr. Dr. Serrato. Do you think, uh, as we're talking about teaching in, in different cultures and in a different context, do you think it's beneficial uh, for people to learn to study the Bible along with others who may be doing ministry in a completely different context? Of course. I mean, in our courses, we have what we call a discussion board, mm-hmm. which is a forum. So our students are, during the week, engaging on respond to different questions. And it is interesting that, um, for one, we see uh, that the problems of human nature are pretty much universal, right. no matter what culture right. you're on. Uh, but again, uh, you see that there are things that uh, cannot change, the, the principles, the truth, and, but the application of these do vary. Yeah. And when you have students interacting and, and, and speaking on how to apply a particular principle of truth in their life, you see the differences, mm. you know. So uh, I think you, you learn from uh, engaging in conversation with people like you are learning, but you see that they are also applying the same truths that you are, but right. maybe in a different setting because they're, they are living in a different culture, right. different environment. Right. And I think one of the things that, as I, I think through that also, is just because we may be doing ministry, let's say here in Houston today, does not necessarily mean that we won't be in Kazakhstan in next year or next month. And so I think you're right, having the benefit of of listening to someone who is in that culture the majority of their time. And so if I do happen to end up there, I have something to pull from. I have a resource that I can draw from to help me now minister better in that setting when I may not have been able to do that otherwise. Correct. So I think you're right. That that is a huge benefit. Correct. Wow. This is something obviously that you are really passionate about. Dr. Serrato is, is sharing hermeneutics all over the world. But what are some things that as you do that and as you travel and as you teach and, and, and minister to people and teaching them how to really handle God's word, what are some things that you would like to see people do or think differently about as they're learning to study God's word? You know, one of the things that I've, I've during the years that I have uh, taught, like you say, in, in both in Latin America and here in the United States, is that, I mean, we all want to hear the voice of God speak to us through Scripture. Mm. Unfortunately, it is strange, but um, we do not know how to read Scripture. Mm. And I see this all over the world. 
people do not know how to read the scripture. Wow. And when I say not how to read, it's not that they are not incapable of reading the mm-hmm. text, is that the way they read scripture, it's very strange. Mm-hmm. For example, how do we read a letter? When yeah. somebody writes to you, how do you read that letter? Well, uh, logic tells us, okay, you start from the beginning. <laughs> And where do you end? Not in the middle. Mm-hmm. Where do you end? At the end. Mm-hmm. So you read letter, the letter as a whole. Right. You read a book as a whole. And this is one of the major problems that we have mm. today. People need to learn to read letters as a whole and books as a whole. Got it. When they go to the book, when they want to study their Bibles, many believers go, for example, to the letter of Galatians. Mm-hmm. It's a letter. Mm-hmm. Yet they start in the middle of the letter. And the other day, they're in the beginning of the letter. And another day, they're in the latter part of the letter. Got it. And they say, I, I don't understand the Word of God. It is not very clear. Well, that is not the problem with the Word. <laughs> it's the problem how they're how reading, reading that it. Word, you know? So one of the things I try to do from the very start of my course, I try to challenge my students is learn how to read the Word of God. Mm. Read letters as a whole and books as a whole. Wow. That keeps our, our I think that, that will keep our interpretation always under context. Right. We will always be contextualizing uh, our, our interpretation of right. Scripture. That's exactly what I, was, what I was going to ask as you were talking. I'm thinking through. So reading it as a whole then is a natural outflow then to our interpretation course yeah because first you get the big picture the mm-hmm. big idea mm-hmm. then you you can always come back and look at the different parts but now you're looking at each part in the light of the whole right again you have to context mm-hmm. which is crucial in hermeneutics that word context is it's everything. essential yeah you know without it you're lost exactly Wow. So let, let me ask you, along those same lines, as we're talking about some things, you know, is, do you see that there's, there's maybe this myth, of, you know, when we talk about studying God's Word and going beyond just reading my Bible every day, but when we're talking about really studying God's Word, this myth that either it's, it's only for scholars, it's only for those folks in seminary, or it's just, it's just too boring. And so I don't want to get really deep in it. I just want to read what it says and keep moving. Do you see that as... As a challenge sometimes when, as you're teaching people hermeneutics. Yes, and probably the reason why many people believe it's boring is because, again, they're not they're, understanding it. Mm-hmm. You know, once they, for example, once they start from the beginning, studying in a systematic manner, mm-hmm. in an orderly manner, reading, starting to, to read a letter from the very beginning to the end, they'll follow the train of thought of the biblical author. Yeah. They'll see the, the main idea mm-hmm. that he's stating, then how he develops that idea mm-hmm. in the other verses. Mm-hmm. And the result that I see from my students is excitement. Mm-hmm. When you're expounding the Word of God and people are understanding what you're saying, I mean, the voice of God is yeah. speaking, and you just see this... There's that this, aha uh, moment. Exactly. Yeah. This awe in the faces of, of people. They're understanding it. They're excited, mm-hmm. you know. And uh, it's, it's, really, it's really exciting to see that. Yeah. yeah. It's the Word of God itself. Uh, it's when it comes e- alive. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. I, yeah, I, I wholeheartedly agree. You're right. As you're reading it and to, to realize that God is allowing you to see who He is by opening up His Word and giving you that understanding, I agree, is... is 
exciting is probably not a big enough word for it. It's yes, it's, yes. it's 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 an amazing thing. And 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 as you understand, you see the importance that the word of God has in your life. It, right. You get direction. Right. Through through God's word, you get direction. God tells you uh, exactly what He wants you mm-hmm. to know, right. how He wants you to live. As James says, if you receive the implanted word of God, mm-hmm. it is able to save to, your soul. Yes. That is your life. Yes. And it goes back to what you were saying earlier about the transformation piece. Correct. The being transformed. Right. Yeah. I, that's, that's wonderful. So one of the questions I want to ask you, Dr. Serrato, as some leaders and teachers may not see the value in equipping people everywhere with proper hermeneutics, the things that we've been talking about. So how do you help them understand the importance of taking hermeneutics beyond our borders? Well, what I would explain to them is that, uh, in a sense, we are all teaching hermeneutics. Mm-hmm. Every pastor that preaches, every teacher that teaches in Sunday school, uh, mm. the hearer is seeing how the pastor exegetes the text. Mm. So he's learning, in a sense, hermeneutics. The question is, is he learning good hermeneutics or bad hermeneutics? Mm. You know, there's a tremendous need in Latin America, for example, of um, the Word of God to be expounded in a deeper level. You know, we have, yes, a lot of of, uh, preachers, a lot of teachers, but that the Word of God is very shallow. Wow. You know, and uh, therefore we need to train. We need to train them in how to dig deep into the Word of God mm-hmm. and, and expound that Word to different uh, levels. Wow. Children need milk, and mm. you could have believers having milk for a certain time, right. but they need to mature. They need yeah, some meat. They, they need to move on. <laughs> they need some meat. Yeah, correct. they need some meat. Uh, the, the, the issue is many of times the pastors are not trained mm. to deliver the meat. Yeah. They only are trained to give the basics, but not the more solid wow. food for the believer. And there's where I believe training uh, comes in. Right. So, so what I hear you saying is so starting at the top with the, those, the leader, the teacher, the pastor, so that they're equipped with the meat. And so then they're able to serve that meat right. To, right. to their congregation or to those who are, are sitting under them. Yes. I mean, uh, one of the things I, I tell my students is because when they finish the courses, they say, my church needs a course in hermeneutics. Mm. And I remind them, well, just remember, you don't necessarily have to teach a course in hermeneutics. Mm-hmm. You are already teaching hermeneutics each time you preach from wow. the pulpit, you know. Wow. How do you deal with the text? Mm. Do you do? You, are you explaining the text? Are you expounding on what the text is saying? Wow. Or are you taking just words, phrases out of context and expounding on that? Wow. You know. So I mean, uh, it's the way we're going to be teaching, the way we're going to be mm-hmm. uh, preaching, that we will be educating our congregations on how how to engage the text. Wow. How to, to derive from the text its truths and apply them to our lives. That's great. That's, that's, a, that's an excellent point. So let me, one, one final question, Dr. Serrato, before, we, before we, we finish up for today. When we talk about 
how leaders, teachers, and others can can be a part of what we're doing here at Grace, because we are definitely taking God's Word to outside of our borders and, and going around the world and teaching hermeneutics. What are some ways that people, in particular leaders and teachers, I think, can be involved in what we're doing here at Grace? Well, we could always need the prayers, mm. the supporters and their prayers. Mm. You know? What we're doing is unique. In letter bringing, in, instead of bringing students to uh, Houston, Mm-hmm. Uh, grace is going out to the world. Yeah. Unfortunately, that takes money. You know, right. I'm doing it in their own languages, mm-hmm. in Russian, in Spanish, mm-hmm. in, in English. It takes a lot of money. Yeah. So we also would uh, uh, need financial support. Mm-hmm. So I think, uh, and if they themselves would like more training, mm-hmm. uh, we, we have some excellent programs, both at the undergraduate and graduate levels that they could uh, benefit from the training that Grace School of Theology is offering the world. Wonderful. Wow. Well, Dr. Serrato, this this has been a great conversation. I've really enjoyed this today. Thank you so much for helping us understand hermeneutics better and the importance of sharing it with the world. I really appreciate you being here. To our listeners, we hope you've been encouraged by today's program. To find out more about what God is doing at Grace School of Theology, we invite you to visit us online at partnerwithgrace.org. From there, you can find out more about our global initiatives, how to become a student, or register for our free course entitled The Grace of God. This course features powerful teaching from three of Grace's theological scholars and will help you truly understand the depths of God's grace. In addition, we welcome your questions and comments. You can email us at savinggrace at gsot.edu or follow us on Twitter at SavingGraceCast. Thanks for joining us. And remember, the love of Christ can never be earned and can never be lost. You have been listening to Saving Grace, a podcast ministry of Grace School of Theology. For more information, visit gsot.edu slash savinggrace. Views expressed on this podcast may not always be the views of Grace School of Theology or its leadership.